Hi, everyone. This is your CyberPath. We are the podcast that helps you get your dream cybersecurity job. I'm Kip Boyle. I'm here with Wes Schreiner. We are experienced hiring managers of cybersecurity professionals. We have built many teams with cybersecurity people, and we're going to share that experience with you. Now, if you want to give us feedback on the show or if you want us to answer your question on a future episode, all you need to do is visit the show page. It is at anchor.fm forward slash your cyber path. When you get there, you're going to see a message button. It's really obvious. You just click that and make sure your speaker or your microphone's working and start talking. We will hear from you. All right, here's the situation. You've found yourself a great looking job. You want this job. You're gonna, you've decided you're going to apply for this job. You've listened to all of our previous episodes. You've thought about technical fit and, um, and all the other things that you need to do. You've got, you, you know, you're going you're gonna to craft a resume. You're going to skip the cover letter, right? You followed everything that we said. But now you have to think about an, yet another uh, thing, which is this. How do you know, how will you evaluate whether you're going to fit into this team? the one that has the empty seat. And I think you also need to ask yourself, do I want to go in the same direction that this team is going in? Because they're headed somewhere. And do you know what is that direction? And do I want to be a part of that? And how do you do that? That's not an easy thing. These are good questions. And I'm really looking forward to taking that on today and in today's podcast. It's really about keeping the end in mind. What is our focus? Where are we going to from here? And uh, I'm going to bring you back to life on the farm because life on the farm is how we do it. And I got to say, I am endlessly curious about <laughs> your farm life. It, it, it is nothing like my life. So, well, all right, it's here. Farm life comes with chores, right? Animals come with chores, right? You've got to buck the hay bales. You've got to muck the muck the the stalls. You've got to clean up after these animals. You got to keep them alive. That's that why is, I don't live on a farm. I remember now. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a one person job. That's a family job, right? Mm. And so uh, I try and be clear about what my goals are. My goals are not take care of the animals. My goals are raise healthy children. And so my children have chores and the chores are to keep the animals alive. It is interesting. Uh, I, I try and keep that end in mind. And, and that's not necessarily a job interview type thing. But understand that uh, if you understand your goal is raising healthy children and you have the animals in order to help them become responsible young adults, then you've got your end in mind. And, and that's what we're really talking about today is having your end in mind. One of my favorite quotes was from Ray Kroc in McDonald's, uh, McDonald's Corporation, when he said, uh, we're in the real estate business, not the hamburger business, because he understood that when you own property in the middle of town, you sell hamburgers to pay the mortgage on it. But once you own that outright, you have a valuable piece of land that is the center of town. And, and, okay. and he understood that. Okay, so you've you've taken us someplace deep, both in terms of parenting and in terms of business. You know, uh, I've heard Subway sandwiches is it has a very same philosophy that they're really more into more into real estate and they sell subs as a way to pay their mortgages and and whatnot. So um, it 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 sounds counterintuitive. It absolutely does. But this is kind of deep magic. Right. This is like a deeper way to think about something really important, which is where are you going to go to work and spend most of your waking hours? 
And that's what we're talking about today is the deep stuff, the team fit and the shared direction. It's the who you are. How does that fit with who we are? And where are we going? Are we going the same direction? Right. Yeah. And and when we get those two figured out, we've really rounded out the rest of that technical fit interview with team fit and shared direction. Right. And so if you were if you've been with us in the previous episodes leading up to this one, and if you haven't, I encourage you to go back and listen to them. You know, when you get to the interview, your uh, hiring manager is looking for many different things, the technical fit, the team fit, the shared direction, and it's often all happening at the same time. Now, um, we've been breaking it down and in order to make uh, make it possible for you to understand the nuances and how all these things are different. But in the real world, it's all going to be going on uh, simultaneously. Now, we're going to focus now on team fit and shared direction, and it's kind of a squishy thing. Um, so, Wes, what tell me? Tell me what fit uh, team fit means to you. I think it's really about character, right? Character is who you are when no one is watching. It's your integrity. It's your ability to earn and maintain trust. Hmm. One of the interesting things about work is that when I hire you, we're going to share a reputation of sorts. Your reputation is going to start to blend with the team and the Mm -hmm. team's reputation is going to rub off on you. So finding a really great fit is really important for both of us. That's actually one of the reasons I invite candidates to interview with my internal clients before they join the team. Really, Mm. one of the interviews is completely dedicated to talking to people about our team. (laughs) What do they expect? How, How do we deliver? And is that a good fit for you as a candidate as well? Yeah, that's one of the things I like about uh, talking with you um, is th- the thoroughness um, that you uh, that you use when you're interviewing people, and the time that you invest because you know it's such a serious, you know, decision to bring somebody onto your team. And um, you know, I I gotta say that when I'm interviewing people, over time I've become more like that. Uh, Early on when I was building teams, I was much more interested in, in getting somebody in quickly because I was feeling a lot of pressure um, to, to get work done and to not overburden the people who are on the team. But over time, I've learned that this is actually a much better way to do things. That person's going to be with you a long time. Uh, at least you hope they will. And, yeah. and we're going to invest a lot in training them up, right? Another yep. key part of that interview, I actually invite you to a team meeting, right? I'm, I'm not interviewing you during that hour. I'm, I'm just asking you to observe what we're doing here. How do we talk to each other? How do we talk about each other? What are the team dynamics? I realize as a job seeker, you're looking for a great fit too. I want you to have all the information you can have to help you in that decision. This is a competitive marketplace and a healthy fit is oftentimes why a person would choose one job over another job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so team fit, super important. And it's a two-way street. So as a candidate, dear listener, if you're not evaluating uh, your uh, future uh, job and making sure that that it's a good fit for you, not just that you are a good fit for them, then you might be setting yourself up for um, some disappointment down the road. Because if you're going to work every day in a situation that is not a good fit for you and you're faking it all the time, that's exhausting, and and it's ine- inevitable that you're going to burn out, um, and you're just going to not like your job after a while. Um, so, gee, Kip, mm-hmm. how do I know that? Just take it from me. Um, <laughs> Free advice. Yeah, there you go, for what it's worth. Um, but 
Look, in order to evaluate team fit, um, just like you, Wes, I find it's really helpful to get multiple perspectives. And so, um, yeah, so when I'm interviewing people, I involve others in the process. Um, so, for example, I, I typically don't do the first phone screen. Um, I have a recruiter from HR do that because I'm wanting the recruiter to sort of screen, is this person a good fit for our overall corporate culture? And then if they pass that screen, then the next interview is actually with a member of my team, not me, because I want I want my team member to ask, is this person a good fit for our team, right? Because we have, we have a subculture, right? We're part of the larger company culture, larger organizational culture, but we have our own subculture and we want to make sure that people are going to um, fit, uh, fit there as well. Yeah. Okay. So what are the specific things that you're looking for in team fit, Wes? Uh, I think you just brought some up, right? Uh, I want a person who knows what is right and doesn't let go of what is right until until a path is found that gets us to right, right? Mm. Uh, we don't just ignore wrong things. We we reserve judgment of right versus wrong for only those things which have a right and a wrong, right? Style issues are rarely right versus wrong, and, and we need to know the difference. Right. right. Uh, we, we need to know... Uh, know when we don't know something right and we can we can say that we can discuss it figure it out and learn uh that's a humility that's a powerful characteristic of a person successful on our teams yeah i also think that that is an indicator of 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 a person's ability to think in more than just black and white terms right that they actually can see hundreds or thousands or millions of shades of gray because in my experience you know doing information security work um, if you try to reduce everything to yes or no, if you try to make everything black and white, um, that usually doesn't work very well. That is a, a, a good challenge. Yeah. Um, sometimes we get to a spot, a, a conflict at work where, uh, the other person and I can't reach a conclusion on our own. Right. Uh, but we never use escalation as a weapon, right? Mm. We never, we never yell at their boss. We, we, we don't escalate on someone. We escalate with them, right? Yeah. It. We can say something like, it looks like we're stuck. I'd like to suggest we pull in my boss and your boss and ask our management for help on this one. Does that sound okay yeah. with you? And that's going to be a collaborative around and then up model as as opposed to the uh, uh, escalation as a weapon, right? Yeah, it's the way we do things here. We practice humility in what we deliver. We We turn to a trusted neighbor after putting in our best work and we say, how would you make this better? And by doing so, we we have humbled ourselves to ask the person next to us uh, how we can improve. Mm-hmm. Uh, we practice ownership, accountability. We we stand up for what we've done and we deliver good work we can stand behind. <laughs> you know, that's a lot um, that you've covered. You've covered a ton of ground. And um, I can see why all that's important. Um, but I think the challenge for us as hiring managers is being able to figure all that out as well as the technical uh, fit in a short interview. Um, I really, one of the things that you talked about that really stuck out to me, and I would use different words, but I've said the same thing to, to my teams, which is, you know, look, when, when you get into conflict with somebody, do not ruin your, don't ruin your working relationship with them just because you can't figure out what to do. You're going to be working with this person over the long haul, probably. So you need to guard your ability to work with them. And so I say trap the conflict 
escalate it up to management and let us figure it out. And if we can't figure it out, then we'll trap it and escalate it until it gets to a level where it can be uh, worked out. So that's kind of the way I describe it. But I also nice. think that that you know a close cousin to that is candid, respectful collaboration. Candid because I want to hear the truth. I don't want you holding back on me because you think you're going to hurt my feelings or whatever, or because um, because you're holding on to something that you might use as a political weapon. So don't do that. And respectful because look, it's not fun for somebody to just say to your face a hard truth. You you want to do it with respect if you if you want somebody to to really listen to you and uh, and take what you've said to heart. And then the last thing that I think is really important for Team Fit is we do not want to be Doctor No as an information security team. And so I always encourage my team to find ways to say yes. You know, even if somebody brings you the the goofiest damn thing ever, and you you absolutely want to say no. Take the time to unpack it and find out what it is that they really want and see if you can find a, a way to say yes. If you can't, oh, that's fine. Sometimes the answer is no. But I think there you get a lot of credibility by, by trying to find a way to say yes, if you can. So, all right. So, Wes, what I want to know is how, how do you do it in an interview? How do you sort all this out? If I were to add to that, Kip, I would say that we do not put the no in technology. <laughs> technology. <laughs> in fact, if you're going to look at that word, I want you to put the ology in technology because that's the study of. It's the branch of knowledge of. And and we as security professionals need to bring that learner approach to technology and and so give me the ology every day. I'd love it. Give me the ology. All right, I got a new way to say it now. Thank you. All right. So so how do you answer these questions during an interview, right? It's mm -hmm. it's a tricky process. The, the best way to answer these questions is by asking other questions that expose these answers as a hiring manager, right? If I ask, okay. tell me about a time you didn't agree with your management and you had to do it their way. What did you do and what happened? You're really telling me, how do I work with the team? How do I follow up? How do I deal with right versus wrong and style issues? If If I, as a manager, ask you, Tell me about a time you had to work with a difficult person. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for four parts. What was the concern? What did you do? What was the outcome? And what would you do different? And we can, yeah. we can work on taking on some of these interview questions. But just understand that if I'm looking for team fit, I'm look, listening for, did you find a win-win? Uh, did you escalate on someone or blow the other person up in some way? Uh, I'm looking for follow-through, partnership, and humility. I think you yeah. described that well. Yeah. Now, um, I want to be clear with listeners that what you're hearing is this is what Wes looks for when he's evaluating a candidate True. and building his team. And this is what Kip is looking for when he does the same thing. So we're not speaking for all hiring managers, but what we are trying to tell you is um, like, this is how we think in general, right? Like there are things that are important to us and we have to screen for them. So don't expect that you're going to go in to an interview and, and hear Kip or Wes actually pitching you these things. You might end up with a hiring manager who's way Way more sophisticated than we are, <laughs> or you might have you might have somebody who's not nearly as sophisticated as we are because maybe they're just earlier on in their journey and they just you know they're still uh, they're still learning. So, in any event, um, this you know typically you've got an hour to do this kind of an interview. This is a lot. How do you do it? How do you do it in an hour? You know, I tend to run a pretty high energy interview, 
If I ask you a 20 second question with build up and question, mm-hmm. I'm looking for you to answer it in under a minute. And I want you to give the microphone back to me, right? Uh, if I can say that, please don't ramble for five plus minutes on a quick question that that limits our ability to finish the interview. And that's not going to reflect well on you. Right. Right. So, you know, in psychology, um, there's a concept. I think it comes out of psychology. But in any event, wherever it comes from, it's, it's definitely a human thing. Uh, mirroring is a word that um, that I'm thinking about. Um, you might call it pacing. But the idea here is that as a candidate, you want to be, um, you know, looking at the uh, the person on the other side of the table from you is probably what, you know, the, the arrangement that you're in. And you want to match the the enthusiasm of the interviewer if the if the interviewer is going fast you want to go fast if they're going slow you want to go slow and um but as a candidate you're probably feeling very eager you're very excited and um and so you know you might be outpacing the interviewer because i don't know that's just how you're feeling and the interviewer might be actually encouraging you to talk a lot and you're not because you're just so excited so um, so it's really important that you go in and you read the interviewer and you try to to pace them. So mirroring to me is the ability to reflect back to the person you're talking to a similar energy and enthusiasm. Yeah. Pacing. Pacing is different. Pacing is the ability to match their verbal and idea pace. Right. Mm. I'm looking for the candidate to follow me, follow my speed, follow my pace. Right. If the candidate can't accelerate to run with me in the most important conversations like interviews, they're probably not going to run with my customers when they need to. Um, okay, so you're actually evaluating uh, yeah. how they're going to be with customers. Very much yeah, so. That's great. Uh, well, let's think about some examples of pacing. Kip, did, uh, have you got an mm-hmm. interview question? Hit me with some questions, right? And I'm going to try and pace you yeah, okay. and mirror you if I can. That's great. Okay, uh, here we go. I'm going to pitch you something. Okay, so Wes, I don't know a lot about the REST API, but I need to know that you understand it. It's an important part of our new, uh, the, you know, the way we're architecting uh, applications. So, what can you tell me? That's a good question. There's uh, uh, with with APIs, we need to make sure we've got uh, two way mutual authentication, and. I really like what's going on with the zero trust model. I think that's the way to go. We need to authenticate at every level. So that might be the end of our our, our lower pace question. Now you're in a hurry. Right. Uh, yep. What would a faster pace question feel like? Okay, here we go. Hey, Wes, what do you know about Python? Mm, that's my go-to language actually for scripting. Great. Okay, what about Chef? Uh, I did it for three years at this company. Uh, I, I find awesome. it, I find it, and I find it's really useful for um, what happened there was uh, I gave you a quick answer. You gave me a long pause. I gave you a chance to give the microphone yeah. back. You didn't ask for it back. And so I'm offering a second or a third sentence to follow on because you didn't pick up the microphone when I gave it back mm. to you. Uh, and it's all about mirroring okay. and pacing and reading your your partner so that you're meeting them at the level of energy they're meeting you. Uh, sometimes, if I've got a, a fast question and I need a questioner and I need to give a quick answer, um, I might start mm-hmm. with, that's a great question. Thank you for asking. Which is buying me three seconds to think about things before I answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. You can't always know what someone's going to pitch you. One of the things I want to be careful of when we do mirroring and pacing, uh, I I tend to be a chameleon sometimes, and I'm good enough at mirroring that sometimes I take on the other person's accent by accident. Uh, It's that's not really cool, right? Uh, I speak a couple foreign languages. I was pretty good at pronunciation in those foreign languages because of this chameleon characteristic. But we really have to be careful of that in interviews and, and in the professional environment, right? It's it's not going to help our cause. Uh, we need to be ourselves as we meet this mirroring and pacing objective. Yeah, I think if you're gonna uh, if you're gonna actually pick up somebody's accent or or mirror them too well, they I think the risk there is they're going to feel mocked. So we don't want that. Definitely, we not, do not want no, that. That's, that's not the objective at all. No, not not a bit. You want to share respect. All okay, right, thanks. So that was heavy. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That's great because um, I've absolutely felt that before, but rarely have I ever talked about it. So I, I really appreciate that we can uh, surface these um, these deep issues uh, on the podcast, and I hope it's going to help our listeners. So, all right. So that's team fit. Um, what Let's, about shared direction? Shared direction. Uh, very simply, uh, what I mean by this is. Uh, are we going the same place, right? Do your career and professional development goals line up with the role I have available and where my team is going, right? Mm. As, as a candidate, you have to have, you have to bring realistic expectations. Uh, you tell me you want to be a director eventually, but you want to work remote as an individual contributor. That's not, that's not really lining up. Right. Right. If you want to be an right. organizational leadership, you probably want to be closer to the core. If you're if you're happy being a technical expert, uh, a remote role is 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 going to be more successful. And and realize these are assumptions pre COVID-19. So it's possible mm-hmm. that those assumptions are, are out the window. But uh, we'll have to find that out in the next couple of years as we watch the, the economy turn. Yeah. Well, you know, so that that particular one may not be as relevant uh, going forward, but I think most people who have, you know, worked um, before COVID-19 became a thing can identify with that point. And and really, it's just the concept of making sure that you're bringing realistic expectations and and that if you're not sure if your expectations are realistic to um, put those on the table and um, and, you know, and, and actually explore them. And, you know, in the same way, if if you have this idea that you want to be a chief information security officer one day, you know, which is which is fine if that's where you want to go. If you want to be an, uh, a senior decision maker, um, you know, that that's a very different place than to be a senior individual contributor. It's very different. And so you need to have a plan that's more than just, um, you know, I, I'm going to come work for you, Kip, and then stuff is going to happen and then I'll have your job. Um, you know, so you, you've got to, you've got to have, um, you got to bring more, uh, more realism, uh, to the situation than that and, and ask questions and get, get, uh, get some help. So, so I recently read Pete Carroll's book, uh, Pete Carroll's the head coach of the Seahawks and he talks mm-hmm. about win forever. And I love how he talks about how he built a plan for what he wanted to get to the job he wanted. And then he executed on that plan to become the head coach of the Seahawks. And, and, uh, uh, it's a four hour listen. If you're, if you've got the time, I found it to be really, uh, an interesting way to understand building that career path, career plan. And I think that's super important in, in, in our industry, because I, I, I have rarely seen a single organization where you can have 
um, a long arc of professional development um, without going to another organization. So that kind of implies that you're in charge of your own career progression. And so you, you're the one that's going to have to make that roadmap. You can get help, of course, but I think um, indeed you just have to accept that it's, that it's yours, right? It's your primary responsibility. So now there's a lot of different types of jobs out there. Some jobs are very process driven where we have to do the same thing every day. And there are some people out there who love that. That's not me. Uh, I, that's not the kind of, of job that I like. But but there are you know things like regulatory requirements that force us to um, to be in consistent behavior or, over the long haul. Uh, in contrast, other jobs are more undefined, and and so um, as a hiring manager, if I'm if I'm looking for somebody to put into an undefined into a role where the where the work isn't very well structured then um, then the job description is almost kind of like, you know, well, I want to hire a smart person to, to tell me what to do. Um, so, yeah, so when you're, when you're thinking about um, shared direction, um, you know, that direction is something that you're going to have to ask the, the interviewer, the hiring manager about, right, in order to understand. Yeah, I think you can also get that from uh, open source intelligence or OSINT, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You can do your homework. This is what we call job hunting. And that's all about understanding w- what kind of company am I talking to? What kind of hiring manager am I talking to? What's the culture there? And is that a match for me? Right? Uh, yeah. There's a lot of different companies and cultures and jobs out there. Some some jobs are the same. Some jobs are never the same. Every hour is a different new discovery of work. Some jobs require a team to deliver anything. And the team needs to work together especially well. Uh, some jobs are entirely independent work, and you can go out, go and pontificate for hours to deliver a thing. Some are self-paced, and you get as much done as you're able to. Other jobs are customer-centric, and you your workload is driven by others. Your role is more of turning them around quickly kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and we can just go on and on, right? I mean, you, you, you also need to think about the larger company fit, right? So some companies are, are very Monday through Friday, 8 to 4, 8 to 5. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, there are companies where you can expect to be on call 24 seven and expected to do whatever needs to be done. Um, you can encounter a company that has an up or out model for promotions. And so, um, you know, if you're not, if you're not growing and promoting, then you are really, you know, it's not realistic to expect that you're going to stay there, uh, over the long haul, right? You're going to have to leave. And um, some companies are high tenure where they do expect you to be there for a long time. They don't have an up or out, um, but, you know, maybe they're going to keep you in the same role and, um, you know, maybe that's going to get stale for you. So think about that. Mm-hmm. Some companies want project managers um, to know scope costs and, uh, and risks at a higher level. And uh, in contrast, uh, some companies are going to have project managers need to know every little detail of of the delivery and and every little aspect of the of the architecture but however it happens right this is all part of fit and so you should be you should definitely be doing your homework to figure this stuff out and and to the extent that you can't figure it out you should be asking questions you should and maybe some of the best questions a candidate can ask when they're interviewing are fit questions as well right uh, and I call this the turnaround time of the interview, right? It's that last mm-hmm. 10 minutes of an hour-long interview where they say, well, what questions do you have for me? That's a great time to bring questions like, why is this position open? Uh, yeah. What 
What characteristics would make a person hugely successful in this role? Mm. Uh, what concerns have you had in the past with people in this role? How would you coach them to be successful? Right. And that's a double win there because not only are you understanding uh, maybe the characteristics that struggled in the past, but also how this manager handled them. Right. So you get you get a double win on culture fit on that one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, all of these get to fit, uh, fit with your personal styles, fit with your manager, fit with the team and fit with the company. Right. The earlier we can work these things out, uh, the better it will help us uh, uh, and the hiring team make a healthy, really good long term match. I'm going to say one more thing before we close the episode about um, the turnaround point in in the interview. When when a candidate fails to ask me questions, when I invite them to do so, I'm not impressed. <laughs> that that's that's really disappointing for me when that happens, um, because what that's telling me uh, or strongly suggesting to me is they're not thinking about fit. They're not thinking about uh, about how they, uh, you know, are they going to get what they need out of this? And so I get a little disappointed and I just wonder if they really, um, if they really understand, you know, that important dimension of all this. So, okay, Wes, any final thoughts? I, I think you bring up a good, a good point that uh, you need to have some questions to ask, but be prepared because some of the questions, uh, some folks are going to walk out of 50 minutes of that interview and know that this was kind of edgy at best. And you can ask for feedback at that point, right? Yeah. Uh, if you think it was edgy at best, don't ask uh, the question, uh, what's my day-to-day -day life going to be when I start working here, right? Because <laughs> uh, that might not be the right question. This is your chance to get some feedback if you think it maybe went a little sideways. Right. Mm -hmm. If you think you had a slam dunk and you've got a pretty sweet opportunity here, then the question, uh, 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 what's what things do you want to see in the first 90 days would be a great question to ask. But be prepared with pencil and paper so you can write that down and, and take it home with you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Great. Thanks, Wes, for those uh, closing uh, ideas. Well, listen, everybody, thanks for joining us today. If you like the podcast, if you like what we're doing, then I want you to consider uh, our masterclass and you can um, find it at yourcyberpath.com. It's called How to Get Your Dream Cybersecurity Job as Told by Hiring Managers. We have a really inspiring story to share with you. Um, we had a student named Steve who uh, got his dream cybersecurity job before he even finished all the lessons in our masterclass. And I think you should go check it out. If you go to yourcyberpath.com forward slash Steve, S-T-E-V-E, -E, you'll be able to read his story. And if you want to, you can even check out uh, his guest appearance on the Insecurity Podcast and, uh, and let him talk to you about it. We're really excited for him. So until next time, remember, you're just one path away from your dream cybersecurity job. See you later.